one holds their hands back, one is a math pussy. Oh yeah, one is hungry and sleeps, another is like a mom maybe. Oh yeah, one kills people. Another is a gymnast. Oh yeah, but it's time for the one who really wants to fuck young girls and ruin their life. Hello and welcome to The Rules of Acquisition, a podcast where we will be going through every single episode of our lives, no, um, sorry, of Star Trek Deep Space Nine. With me, as always, is James Nolan. Hey, guys. And Hugh Crawford. Hello, gentlemen. Hello, and my name is Wade Bowen. We're talking about an episode today. We're getting into facets. Facets of, of our, the show. Yes. Yeah, something. This episode is called Facets. It originally aired June 12th, 1995. It is the 25th episode of season three. And the IMDb description is as follows. Dax acts... Ugh, that's a mouthful. Dax. That's the wrong way to start something to read out loud. Sorry. <laughs> Dax asks the crew to join her Zahatara ritual. The memories of her former hosts will take over their bodies. Nog is preparing for Starfleet Academy. This is, uh, well, what do you guys think? Uh, right, let's put the cards on the table. Did you guys yay or nay on fast? I want to hear what you guys say. I want, I want to hear what you say first, Hugh. I want to hear. <laughs> you know what? This? Yeah. Okay. I like this episode. And here's what? the thing. Okay, here. Listen. Okay, I did not. Here. <laughs> that's, like, that's why I wanted to start with you, because yeah. I thought so, it sounded like maybe you did, and look, I, I really... Look, this, this show <laughs> was the first time that the creators of the show have somehow acknowledged... This is this is a this is like a, everybody gets to do a funny voice episode. Okay, <laughs> yes. so, yeah. which, most which definitely, would, which would normally get under my skin, yeah. except for it's directly proportionate to the amount of skill that individual like the screen time to funny voice ratio is directly <laughs> proportionate to the amount of skill. I, I, I disagree. Uh, I'm going to I'm actually going to join with Wade on a, on what I assume is going to be his criticism here. Well, you're saying not enough Armin Shimmerman. Colomini only got to do like 30 seconds of his Sheldon from the Big Bang Theory. <laughs> yes. I was going to say that right. Avery Brooks was coming in a little hot on this episode. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. I'm usually I'm usually cool with Avery Brooks, but he was. I, Thank you. I thought his action. I, I really liked Avery Brooks's his bad guy stuff. So uh, normally, me and you are compatriots on the Avery Brook in the Avery Brooks wars. I'm right. No, I think no. I would you who would you'd rather see Colmini do that scene? Oh, I'm not saying that at all. Uh, yeah. Okay, then uh, Colin Meany doing like a Hannibal Lecter. No, he, whoa, you whoa, 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 James. Wait, if you don't think that Cisco should be getting that screen time, wait, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I didn't know. I was answering a different question. If the answer is, do I would I rather watch Colin play the Hannibal Lecter Dax? Maybe. I definitely, oh, I definitely don't want to see Bashir do it. But <laughs> we've already seen him try to do that. And over Brook, to uh, be fair. Avery Brooks was, uh, I don't know. I, I would rather watch Avery Brooks than watch Col- Colmini play the role that Colmini had. <laughs> I, will, I will grant you that. But yeah, if they could have switched, I would have thought that would have been. Uh, I don't know. I don't think I, I don't well, think I, I, I don't think I like this episode. I did. 
I did because I felt like every everything was even though the concept wasn't perfect and I would normally hate what's going on here. I think that that it's it the writing played to the strengths of of its players. And I, I, and see, I appreciate I, that. I mean, maybe I didn't like it for angry nerd corner reasons. Oh, I didn't have any and of those. And that's totally valid. Because there's I, part of I it. I don't want to think about that. The, there's some consciousness that, like, what is consciousness? Part of it's that. But also, I just didn't like the structure, or, or I didn't like a lot of what happened in this well, episode. But also, the nerd corner, like, Trill Society. I guess this was written by Rene Echevarria. Uh, it was who, commissioned by, it was, he was told to write it by uh, Fuckstick. Uh, uh, Iris Humber, yeah. Because he also is the one that got to do that Dax on the home, Trill Homeworld episode. So it's like Iris Stephen Baird decided, all right, you're going to be the Trill guy. I think so, yeah. Didn't, I didn't mind that one. Like, y'all really did not like Equilibrium. I didn't mind it as much. This one, I had... Well... I don't, I just don't understand what Trillness is about. Okay, anymore. hold on, hold on. Okay, yeah. okay. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. So I don't like the story because it's like a big fucking myth. But... Yeah, there's that too. The end, the Humber Bear... Dax, <laughs> like uh, right. the Lolita plot line at the end doesn't bother the don't stand so close to me initiate. <laughs> like that doesn't bother me. And I liked I, that. I liked I liked once it found a story. Right. Yes. Well, because, yeah, it was like kind of it spent the whole episode building to the last 20 the last I wouldn't act. say it was building and that's, I think it was wandering well, like a family circus cartoon okay <laughs> that's probably yeah I will maybe agree <laughs> not me uh, well but that's because everybody had to get their funny voices in that's though, right, they right, had, right. They, she has seven characters they had to go through seven scenes and right. not all- the thing is, is that 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 Cisco's character had to had to drop the bomb the Cisco thing happened was as an actual plot point he had to yeah. drop the seed of doubt that had to gestate yeah. all the nonsense before you know, they really weren't that long scenes. I mean, with the, they, they weren't. were little they snippets. Weren't. It was almost so snippety that, why is this even in here? I think the scene with Bashir is kind of like, hey, what's up? How you doing? What's that? I probably should go to bed now. I don't think of any bit of words of wisdom. And then the Chase Masterson scene is just, look, look I can... Look into me being, you know. <laughs> look, I can bend over. I mean, no, but, I am. I'm all about Lila being new, a new friend of Dax. I'm Lita, on, I'm yeah. Lita, yeah, I'm on. I'm I on had to board. do that. Yeah, Lila is who um, Kira gets to play when she does her Yoda that's, voice. That's right. Her Yoda. <laughs> Such odd fellows these guardians are. Um, uh, but <laughs> but okay. So but once it finds the storyline, finally. Once, and they all knew that we were just trying to get to a point where Rene Aubergenois is going to play Curzon. And then, like, that worked for me. Rene Aubergenois is a great actor. He's doing a yeah. really, it's fun to watch him do something else. And it's fun to watch this character that we've, we've that's been talked about forever to be personified. That's fine, too. And it, that it has a, a complicated emotional did, secret I, to it worked for me. See, I don't know but, if the, the, the Humbert Humbert didn't really work for me. I was like, oh, man, that's what we're doing with this. Well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's. It's you're right. It's not. It's not the most. It was so melodramatic, soap opery, like clutching my pearls. Oh. I was like, well, well, it's not the kind of story I want either in my Star Trek. Yeah. But at least they're playing in the sandbox of the premise of the character, which is yeah. It's complicated to have seven personalities live on forever inside of you. And also, it's a I don't think. And, I don't think that's. It a, was, I, wait, hold on. I don't think that's a bad story because he fucked it's, her life it's, up. It's, he fucked her life up. 
because he wanted to fuck her. Right. And that is not an uncommon. No, no, that is but, not an uncommon no, story. Not because he wanted to fuck her, because he fell in love with her, because well, she's he, just so lovely and so beautiful. Yeah, but I mean, I, I get it, that. He feeling. thought it was a creepy old man thing, but it was love because she was beautiful. That's still an like, example of how the male gaze ruins women. Yeah. And so I'm. I'm fine with that as a story, and that and that he felt guilty about it, which makes him sympathetic, you know, more sympathetic, yeah, yeah. and that and that sort of complex yeah, interplay. I mean, the whole episode was like, hey, let's go through every bit of backstory that we've done it with is, Dax yeah. and uh-huh. just check a box there. Well, they hadn't yeah. done that any with character work with her for a whole season. Well, it's the same. That's true. She, it's like when they. Like Bashir's distant voices episode, yeah, where yeah, it was like, just, let's just regurgitate all the shit, all the the plot lines from that we've built up with Bashir. We're getting to the end of the season. Let's we got to do we got to cover each character. Yeah, we did an O'Brien must suffer. Did we a, did a Bashir. It's t- we did uh, a, Cisco unpacks the death of his wife episode. Do we want to break it down and just go? Piece by piece, because I feel like that's easy to do. We go through all seven of her life- lifetime, and then we'll get to the B story, Nog stuff, which is like fantastic. I that I'm on board with. Starting off the spiraling upward, the falling up, the tumbling upward of Chase Masterson on the show. Yeah, and it, it's really funny because yeah, right. uh, okay, so we uh, we did a little bit of this whatever little first time we saw her is that she was cast to be Jake's girlfriend. Avery Brooks kicked her off set because he thought she was too old. Then they brought her back uh, to play Lita for one scene just as a sexual distraction to, for Bashir. And they they liked her. You know, what are they going to do? Yeah. They, the, the producers liked her. They ain't wrong. I like her. And they unpacked yeah. the characters that reside in Dax and realized that they didn't. They only have <laughs> one woman next... on the show that's not Dax. Yeah. And so they, and three Dax females. So, so a la peanut butter sandwiches, we have a new best friend for Dax. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. They did the joke, the early on it was the joke is to get Quark, Quark in there as playing a woman. Because any chance to emasculate Quark we take. Yes, which yes. I'm not saying that's a bad thing even, but it's, it's like. a quick joke. They're, and then, uh, they, they, they're, they're going to hit it every time. So then they call Chase Brasselson back on set and go, you're going to have been you are going to have a backstory for this season. And she's probably probably ecstatic. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, she's, I mean, she's... Which is great. She was you a know, young it's actress. She's, she's happy to be a part. Uh, they wanted Rosalind Chow back, but Rosalind Chow said, I'm busy. And so I they, mean, I'm a big Rosalind Chow supporter, but I... I like me some Chase Master. But you're also a gross male. I think that I'm I have like ninety-nine percent of the time I have my gross maleness under control. You do. Yeah. And then boom, <laughs> yeah. Chase Masterson shows up and it rears its ugly head. I with you there. I understand. There's... I don't it's inexplicable. I don't understand why. Well, we well organisms have, have to it. procreate. <laughs> yeah. But we don't have to talk about why. Yeah, they go to the boardroom, she's and there's like no there's no controversy, there's no conflict in the plot, which hey it's Star Trek. I'm argued. We don't need you know. You don't need conflict. Gonna, we're not going to get into that. <laughs> but she's like, "Hey guys, you're my friends, and you get to be me." And they're like, "Okay, everybody's on board except for Cork, because he's like, what the fuck? No, I don't want for the Jintara. True light of the closure is the name of the the." whole thing but yeah this her seven closest friends and lita but uh her lifelong friend lita the dubbo girl right 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 <laughs> and then quirk is like i i don't want any part of this i don't no, i'm not into this stuff he's i'm out until jack dex decides to go jack off his ears because that's all in you have to do in front of a whole boardroom of colleagues yeah that's the most disgusting thing i've ever seen yeah i, I hate i hate the ear stuff i know you do i hate it I and i hate the fact that she has to use like she is 
she's got seven personalities in there. She has to use like feminine wilds on them to con- to get what she wants, like sexualize. I yeah. hated that scene. Yeah. That's the dumbest way. And Cisco gives a little like eyebrow raise, like and like and like kind of smiles during it, like he's like, yes, yes, rub those ears, yeah, like (laughs) almost silently approving of what's going on. And I know that they're different personalities, but we find out pretty quickly on that inside of her lies like Ruth Bader Ginsburg Yoda, and like it just (laughs) seems like that that woman would have taught her not to do that kind of shit in front of people. Well, there's a lot of things that felt like she could have learned from the (laughs) symbionts that just like, oh, but that's not Jadzia, that's the symbionts. That's the other thing I don't understand about Trills, because it used to be that you just get all their memories. Now you get some of their memories, but you can't remember some stuff. Like, she, there's stuff about Curzon okay. that she doesn't know because... Well... Because, that, I don't know, because she knows some stuff. Thing, you're, not wrong, also, you're not wrong there, buddy. Yes, yes. <laughs> I think that what the Trill... I finally figured out what the Trill basically is. It's an organic hard drive. Really, because I used to think that the Trill was an actual sentient being with its own personality. But according to this, that it's not. It just stores memory. It's just like a, an organism that stores memories, right? Right. And yeah, I did have a kind of theory that I worked out after this episode. It's like, oh, okay. That I guess that's they've set up in this episode now that, okay, it is like a hard drive that's got all the memories on it, but not everything is accessible because maybe... You know, a, just a mind can't, con, you know, a, 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 your reactive mind can't <laughs> can't handle all those memories. She needs an e-meter so, is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's what I'm saying. Uh, no, okay. But, you know, that just That doesn't like, make any sense because... <laughs> oh, it oh, doesn't. it doesn't? I, yeah, that's... I hate, I hate the Trill stuff. So if she was really curious about what was going on with Curzon, I, I get that after he was out of her, like, but if she was really interested, couldn't she just go exit, like, his... Humbert Umbert file. Right. Because we know that the emotions like there are other scenes where she's I She's like, oh, Tobin was I, a great scientist and let me, that's how I'm not good at just this. that, but I love this person. Oh yeah. Because yeah, yeah. my character from a previous life loved this person. So I feel all of the emotional sweep of that. So it's not just like a there's a file there's a file in the library I haven't read. Like, right. like well I mean like it's an emotional exist it's a- maybe maybe some of the personalities have you know like there's deeper subconscious or stuff that th- maybe since they talk about all the different previous hosts is like they're they're separate personalities within the deck symbiont maybe they can push some of them down that aren't accessible to the conscious mind ah, that's the let's... that's the explanation i just had to make up the way to make sense of it. I think you're you're probably making more sense than the actual writers. Like I think that they really yeah. don't care about the nuts and bolts. It's so weird what cultures on Star Trek get proper attention and which ones don't. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's probably I think that each actor is sort of like in the vanguard of how their characters races yeah is like so like spock was very in like leonard nimoy was very instrumental in the shaping of vulcan vulcan culture and of course Worf. you know i'm sure michael dorn had a lot to say in the lore of of continuing klingon culture but like dax it's i don't know if if uh, If she's owning it if uh, feral's addiction had any say into what went on Mm, with no and some of it just and you know i've talked about how oh this is how i've resolved it to make sense for me but some of it just doesn't make sense at all like okay so 
O'Brien's a wimp. He's got the Sheldon voice. Uh, it's Fermat's last theorem. It's creative. Sheldon voice. Yeah, it's, it's the car- It's the guy from from Big Bang Theory. And now you know who you have to thank for it. Oh, I just showed my ass. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. no, hey, I didn't know hey, what that you know was. That you got a nerd never... blind spot. A pretty big yeah, one. Like... Yeah. Oh snap. Sorry. <laughs> and you know, hey man, it's the only not... the most popular show on. TV for the last 20 years. And right. I haven't but seen that, one Sting second Sting play of it. us out. What does that mean? Sting play us out. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it. Um, but anyway, but it's not like a show. It's only the voice because Sheldon on Big Bang Theory is an arrogant person. Sheldon's a little, I mean, O'Brien is a weakling. Yeah. But it, he's classic a, he's nerd a beta voice male nerd. Sorry. He's yeah, working yeah. on a still active unsolved theorem. Is that right? For Matt's last theorem, or it's a creative proof that he gave for it. No, it's a real thing, right? I think it is. That's the other thing. Like in but real world. It is a real world thing. Yeah. Though her explanation of his proof of it, I wasn't sure if it's the first proof or just a create. You know, there's a lot of way to, to have proofs of mathematic print. I just, I would assume that by the 24th century, they've solved it. Yeah, it's, it I, like it's, it's, I'm not reading it. It was solved. Is it possible that it was solved right after this episode came out. <laughs> Very. That's why she doesn't say... Some mathematician saw this episode and was like, fuck it, I'm going to knock this thing yep, out nope, right 1990, now. 1995, someone, uh, a mathematician by the name of Andrew Wiles published his sol- solved it. Oh, uh, well, no, they mentioned Wiles in this episode, though. I did. Oh, did they? So, yeah, so she says... She's oh, not, so they, like, threw that in at the last... Yeah, they did. I was she at said, the Barnes and Noble and I saw a book. <laughs> she, yeah, well, like, your, your proof of Fermat's last theorem was... The most original since Wiles is what Jadzia tells. And then Lita's a gymnast or whatever. This is an excellent body you managed to get for me. Uh, and then I think it's Lita asks, she mentions, oh, I've been training and I have training in Klingon martial arts. Mm-hmm. And then she has, oh, did you learn that before you took the symbiote or after? And then she says after. That still confused the hell out of me. Yeah. He's like, wait a minute. So all that when you were going on with the three musketeers and killing the albino, you're telling me she had no Klingon martial arts training? Well, that was no, she had. No, that was, it was that was what, after she joined. That was Curzon's friends. That's what I'm telling. That's what I'm saying. But Jadzia in this episode says to one of her previous hosts that she got the training as Jadzia, not as Curzon. Well, maybe I think that means not as. Pre, pre-joining, not. I think also that it's probably safe to say that Curzon was friends with these Klingons, but not like like a badass motherfucker. Yeah, and I think that, that that was what was shocking. If I remember Blood Oath correctly, like that was what was shocking to the guys is that they were like, "You're a girl." She's like, "I'm a girl," but Curzon never learned how to kick your ass, and I know how to kick your ass, right? I thought it was just like it's a girl that's kicking my ass, but Curzon, Curzon not Curzon was a man. I don't understand it from him. That's the way I saw it. It's possible. That. I don't know. Like we said, I don't think this was well thought out. So yeah, that's what I'm saying. It doesn't seem well thought out because the, yeah, uh, the previous host asked Jadzia, "Did you learn Klingon martial arts before your joining?" Mm-hmm. Asking Jadzia, and she says, "Oh no, I learned that." But was after, the point of that, of that to imply that that character had something to do with her interest in Klingon martial arts? Yes, that's yes. Yeah. But I don't understand. She's a gymnast. She's got no just like any athletic endeavor you're interested in is because a former host also had an athletic athletic endeavor that's pretty thin soup yeah this yeah. is all thin soup that's I know, my but point that, that's why we're spending more time on it than the actual scenes though i mean oh, yeah and julian's a big fat guy that's his host that he gets to play i continue to exist as i like to eat and then he's done it, her first trill <laughs> is the ruth bader ginsburg yeah. of of female trills she's the first female to serve in their legislature on the symbiosis as it in the council i kind of 
what I wanted from that one, I wanted like a history of Trill. Like, oh, when I joined, we didn't understand what it meant. But you know what you got? The history of why Jadzia holds her hands to her back. Yeah. Okay, and yeah. then so like this, all of these suck all balls. Like all of these <laughs> all first the balls. ones. Like I'm good. <laughs> I sometimes think of math because you think of math. I sometimes do karate because you tumble. I sometimes eat because you eat. I sometimes fold my hands behind my back. Yeah. Oh, and, <laughs> yes. and I'm not a mom, but I've been one in the past. And because Court gets to talk about nursing. And, There's nothing quite like holding a baby to your breast nursing and then he reasserts himself and says i'm out man fuck it and that was like a quick joke out okay so yeah those scenes aren't great but they're all they're also short i mean if you watch this episode they are short if you're like in 1995 reading a tv guide and you read the imdb description what you're thinking that this episode is a is gonna like be 40 minutes of her meeting every single one of these but thankfully it's really only like Two minute scenes of the inc- you know incidental yeah, that's, character. You're, you that's know, true. Uh, former hosts. You really only spend time with two, right? And the two that we spent the most time with in the show so far. We had that yes. equilibrium episode where she sat in the yeah. milk bath and solved all of these problems, but didn't solve them. Yeah, I guess not. But now that we need an antagonist. Well, yeah, he was a yeah, he was more sympathetic in equilibrium, even though he's a murderer for somehow. <laughs> yeah, aren't you supposed to think he was like a he went off the deep end? He was more of a yeah. Hinkley. Is that his? Who is the coup shot right? Yeah, it's Hinkley. I think he had like a bad, you know, he had a bad year. <laughs> he got he got really into some stuff. Maybe too into some stuff. Right, right. Maybe he needed someone to talk to. And, like, he just got, like, and he tried to kill people. As opposed to, like, I'm a serial killer. I try to kill everybody. <laughs> That's much too low a voice there, James. <laughs> yeah. I am a serial killer. <laughs> You're such, such a pretty girl. Oh, my God. <laughs> a little girl. I'm a, I, was all, I was eating that up with a spoon. I was all about that. Only, only a pretty girl. You're, you're oh, a normally. pretender. Not worthy of the noble creature nestled inside her. I, 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 I finally met an, an exuberant Avery Brook performance I couldn't get behind. Yeah. You're overwhelmed by it. I mean, I've had a few that stretched me. And... Uh, so, here's the thing, yeah, about, so, here's the thing uh, about Star Trek Deep Space Nine and, and Star Trek The Next Gen generation if this episode happens on next generation the central conflict would be the serial killer host actually escapes and you know they have to like i mean the way they would have done that like oh odo's the security guy we put the security guy in in control of this the serial killer and then they do the thing they do with curzon where it, it interacts with his changeling physiology and then then we have him running around and they can't contain him or they put him in data if it's on next generation somehow and or he's stored in Jordy's visor. <laughs> there <Maybe>. you go. <laughs> they did that with the that uh passenger episode and they got Bashir doing his And right and Riker would have definitely been Kurt. Oh yeah. Oh the And yeah. then you would have had Colmini still play the Nebish guy. Like <laughs> still, play, still play Doom. Yes. He Doom. would still play the, the exact same role. <laughs> that that wouldn't change. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. After the Cisco performance, the seed of doubt is dropped into Jadzia about why she got accepted back into the the program or whatever. Here's the thing is that I feel like her as an actor 
this sort of plays into her like she's actually pretty good at being yeah. um, under under respected or low self-confidence. Yeah, yeah. They Yeah. I'm not gonna critique her performance in this when I can yeah. go after Cisco. I felt like this was like played to all of her strengths. That's why I'm saying that I think this episode's pretty good because it plays at everybody's yeah. strengths. It does play to her strengths. I, I get so bogged down with the like the nuts and bolts of the trill stuff that I can't enjoy the story possibilities that come from, you know, seven different lifetimes. Yeah, one person. I'm there too. Well, also, I mean, I think that this is the problem. There's two ways when you have this kind of like ridiculous premise of all of these different lifetimes of personalities living in someone. You can go like like you can go the route they're going, which is let's fucking micro define everything. But the problem with that is that it's just like any kind of like it's it's like a bill out of Congress. The more you look at it, the less it makes any fucking sense whatsoever. Or you can treat it like, well, like the original trilogy of Star Wars dealt with the Jedi, which is it's just mystical and it's best not to poke a stick at it too much and just kind of like, you know, let it, she understands it and they all understand, you know, she understands it and that's good enough for us. And then that allows the writers to use it however they really need to. But this like, the milk bath and the things and only 4%, but really 20% are eligible, but then 4% only get, (laughs) then you have to go through these different schoolings and there's different things and nobody that gets kicked out is ever let back in unless that professor kicked them out because they wanted to fuck them and then they're let back in. And then they're like, then you get like, (laughs) then you get into this like super, super defined space where then it's like well we have all of this information where we can point to that this is all like nonsense bullshit oh you wanted me to get super specific with some details here get super about specific. something yes well oh this isn't about trills oh. this is about changelings oh <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. That was a plot twist for this episode <laughs> <laughs> Buona? no um so yeah well like we we kind of mentioned when odo gets curzon in him it interacts with his change like physiology. So it they're all like, whoa, because he morphs and he looks a little bit. He gets frizzy hair and a real nose and more wrinkles under his eyes. And they're like, oh, my God, what happened? And it turns out that it's not like the rest of them where the past host personalities just take over and speak through the other person. It's like Odo was joined with the Trill himself and him and Curzon are joined and they like it. And Odo gets to eat and drink and maybe get drunk. I don't know. But he learns all these earth flesh, pleasures of the flesh. I just imagine at the end of it where he's coming to apologize like to Jadzia. He's like, let me just apologize for how I acted when I was with Curzon because I just spent two hours just shitting everywhere. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's already met, because he talks about, oh, I can enjoy food now. I learned what it's like to enjoy food. He still doesn't have taste buds. Well, maybe it he was just, the psychic maybe, memory of, of enjoying That's that. what I was thinking. I, yeah, I, that's the way I, I, I took it. it as it's a placebo but effect. But you, you do seem drink, though. Yeah. So he could store, I was like, nerd, nerd corner. Well, it's not the placebo effect so much as that he has the, the like, I think I remember what this tastes like. I read, I read, I read his food journal or yeah but i mean you also have a i mean the memory is the memory of his memory is not just like a like a log i mean it is a you know it's a sensual thing right right so if it like like he he talked to luxwana troy about how messy eating was or he talked to to kira mm -hmm. i just imagine like after curzon left he's like 
Um, I'm going to be in the bathroom for a while. <laughs> where I, I have all of this food just in yeah, my Yeah, he's got a pouch. And I just somewhere. like, he lets the goop out. Uh, yeah. He also knows now what sex feels like. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But Way to go, Curzon. You popped Odo's cherry. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's nicer than food for the most part. <laughs> but, um, yeah. <laughs> Most of the time, I, I get not wanting to mention it in that sweethearted scene at the end. So I get, I get them not mentioning it. Yeah. It's just All right, y'all, y'all have sold me that. Okay, I guess that makes sense. It doesn't make sense. It, none <laughs> of this makes any. None of this makes sense. They should have just kept it as the Jedi. It's fucking vague. It's weird. Right. Let's not look into it too much. And it's like that means we can use it however we want right. to, whenever we want to. So um, the first, the first trill was joined. The f- was probably some kid swimming in a drainage ditch, right? And one of those slugs <laughs> like crawled up inside him, probably. Or it was like this, some dog, and back at the went back to the wolf pride, and like was smarter than all the others because he had had bad water, right? Like I don't, yeah, need, like yeah, yeah we've then, we've kind of pontificated on where trills kind of. I know. About I just have to for, come up with a new new theory every episode that the trills are made. Oh, I, 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 I'm I, not saying it's a bad thing to do. I watched the episode of trills cosmos when it came to like the <laughs> origin of the, the big thing is like Curzon's going to stay in Odo. Odo's okay with it. It's a lot of fun to remember or to know what it's like to have fun, which Odo's not as good at. But then, and then she talks to Cisco, and Cisco's like, oh, Curzon's a manipulative, selfish, arrogant dick. You just got to tell him what's going on, and, mm-hmm. and he doesn't have any choice in the matter. I don't know. And then we have the Humbert Humbert sit on my lap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's the, uh, you, I was lovely. You were so young, so lovely. Um, I guess it should be said that the writers, both both Iris Steven, Iris Steven Bear and Renee Shavaria, hate Renee Aubergenois' performance in this episode. Really? Uh, I guess they, I think they pictured him as more of a Orson Welles type character. And they got like, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't think they got something other than an Orson Welles character. He's not doing a funny voice. He's just doing the Odo voice, but like livelier. I think so. They said that the, what they got out of him was Shecky Curzon, a wacky funny guy. <laughs> and I don't think it's like Shecky Green at all. Like, I don't know. I think it's like, this is, it's Rene Aubergenois' version of an Orson Welles-like character. It didn't bother me. <laughs> I was just oozing around the room. You have no idea what a liberating experience it is to be in a liquid state. Yeah, he's a charismatic manipulator. Like, he's not... Who, who doesn't want to talk to anybody not on their own, not on his own terms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, he keeps pushing her off. Or he's like, oh, let's go play Tonga. Moving the conversation. You know, what's, cause it, what is sort of interesting that whenever Cisco said that whenever Curzon's wrong, one of two things happens, like when he's confronted. <laughs> oh, yeah. You've mm-hmm. kind of automatically boxed in for your third act how he's going to react. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you, you didn't, yeah. You didn't yeah, he wasn't going to take that. Yes, you're right. And just leave. Yes. So. <laughs> he's probably going to get mad. The stuff I liked about this episode, they, the writers seem to hate about it and the stuff that they kind of got a kick out of. Yet again, this is me saying that Iris Stephen Bear has this infantile attraction at this stage of his career of like giving his actors other little things to like. We have the cast, but now they're all wacky, goofy, horseshit. It's Freaky Friday. Everybody needs to watch personalities. It's crazy. And I just like who fuck I don't know like who likes that I don't get it why does he like doing that so much yeah I don't know just just be your fucking characters man like I don't know like don't 
it's everybody's a different person this week. No, you do 26 episodes, you get bored of it. But that's the writer's problem. Yeah, that's your yeah. point. If you're like, if you're bored with it, make it more interesting and don't make it more interesting by playing personality spin the bottle. This episode was sort of essential you're, because you're it, in you're in you're in love with me. Yeah. Yes, yes, I am. Why didn't I know There's that? There's no shame in that. Yes, yes, there is. It's a Lolita over here. Come on, man. Why didn't I know that I was in love so, with So let's talk about the Nog story. Yes, yeah. the Nog storyline. This is, you guys I'm, are going to have a hard time cutting this episode out for the White Album because it is essential Nog It stuff. is essential Nog. And it's got one of the best and most satisfying moments all season when Rom gets all up in uh, oh, yeah. What's-His-Face's Chili about fucking with yeah. his son's I will future. burn this bar down. My son's happiness is more important to me than Latinum. And that I will was, burn this bar down if I have to. Like, that was, was a good. deeply satisfying scene. I like the scene where, uh, when, when he was trying to argue to Ron that uh, Jake has a more grounded view of uh, When he's talking future. to Nog, yeah, like... Uh, <laughs> and then he's like, he's going to be a writer. And then fucking grounded at all. And he's like, yeah, but on his Patreon, he's going to have not for his not safe for <laughs> yeah, yeah. What are you talking about? <laughs> Por- yeah, porn makes a lot of money. You, hey, nephew and my nephew's friend, I'll give you an advance if you write some porn for me right now. And then Nog is like, no. And then Jake, I noticed, even gave like a Avery Brooks kind of eyebrow raise. He's a serious writer. Automatically, they <laughs> they thought that up five episodes ago. And that's his personality now. Right. And I'm all about that. I'm not saying that. But yeah, I actually the wrong. <laughs> yeah, the, I'm not. I'm. He shouldn't be Larry Flint. Yeah. The <laughs> hey, trip, Dad. Like, <laughs> let me, you want to read my new story? <laughs> I never thought this would happen to me. Then again, you don't want to read Jonathan Franzen's sex scenes either. So what are you gonna do? <laughs> that's true. There's not a lot of good sex writing. Maybe that's nope. uh, maybe maybe uh maybe Quark could give it by the twenty twenty fourth century. It's real hot. I'm sure. <laughs> Um, I was gonna go on a fun bird walk, but I won't. Um, they uh, like um, like the Rom stuff was actually sort of like I, I was like I hate that they're unpacking this whole storyline in B sides yeah. because he's a B character for I I yeah 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 but like that they have this that I have to deal with her going through these relatively unimportant I do math good scenes and there's so much time <laughs> of that dealt with early on in the in the show and I was like just fucking give me nog. I'll nog. It's really the only thing that's happening in this episode that I'm going to be interested because in. Because we have somebody who is the first, I mean, a cultural struggle mm-hmm. that we don't usually see a perspective of in the Star Trek universe. That's that's what makes the Star Trek universe interesting. And when you go explore it, you don't want to go over the same territory over and over and over. You want to, yeah. it is, it's a new yeah. corner to explore. And not only that, but it feels real. Like, I, it seems to me that I have like a, like there's a feeling in high school. And he's about high school age, right? Yeah, he's probably... Yeah. There's this feeling in high school where, like, everybody's aimless kids, and then everybody's kind of sex mumbly weirdos. And then, like, one by one, over the course of, like, junior year or senior year, everybody kind of turns on whatever mature... Like, they like their, their brain gets set on what they want to do. And it's usually unrealistic, and it's usually... But, like, the idea that he's so driven by this out of the blue work, like, I believe that. That's that's how it was. And it, it doesn't feel out of the blue to you when you go through it. You feel like I went through a natural progression of coming this way. And it's why, like, you know, as we're older and we are, you know, it's hard for me to, like, change my opinion on anything too quickly. Like, <laughs> like, you know, you're around kids and everybody's like, yeah. like everybody, everybody seems so flighty and like they change it. Like, no, they're kids. They're young. 
and they they come on very quickly and you know and and it's not it's not it's I don't know it was it's nice to see that and that he's so driven by it and that it's so he's so singular focused and he doesn't fall into like Ferengi shenanigans right he's he's again. he's studying real hard in the hollow suite mm-hmm. and he's let's he, go make a girl chew my food and then we'll yeah, play yeah. pranks on people with bugs he's forgetting to stand up when a hollow program ends I don't know if that's a piece of like that's something Jake tells him like come on you know but because he falls on his ass and it's, it's that, that has to be right though yeah it's like, totally I've never right. seen it dealt with that but yeah, yeah that has yeah, to be right. like oh that makes yeah doing the practice and then Quark doesn't like it and then yeah and it's uh and Quark yeah, the manipulates. I wish that see that that was just that story itself would have been a satisfying story to me if it was packed with a lot of like Cisco's reactions. Like all you get is Cisco's like, I gotta go grade these papers, bye bye. And like oh, yeah. you don't that he has the fail aim and does Cisco feel bad about the fact that he has the oh, fail yeah, aim? Get any of that. And then Rom's discovery that there was subter like that there was And then he gets Garrick to make him a cadet uniform for five mm-hmm. strips of latinum. What tips him off is just that Quark's being a real uh, gentleman about him failing out. Yeah. He's like, oh, you, you have a place here at the bar or whatever. You would have made a great cadet. And then Rom looks at him and he's like, hmm. It's just kind of off screen. They're like, and then I talked to Cisco and he's going to let him take it over again. Like, okay. I would have been nice to see that conversation maybe. But the end where they have a big party where he finally gets accepted and he comes out in his uniform. And Cisco's a dick about it. It's not a real uniform. Well, well we've already established that Cisco's got a, is hung up on the uniform thing. We've had for the uniform. I know, but that seems so un Cisco like. But okay, no, it's, I mean, the, you're right. it's a thing we've set you're, up more than like you're, twice. You're right. At, you're right. Yeah. But it doesn't fit with his character. I think it fits with his character. I think it fits. And then that he's, I think he's, that he's, I think he's, that he's constricted by arbitrary fashion rules. He's broken and unbroken. And he's a let Kira. He's, he's not he's like, like he's not like get, he's take like that off Kira now. Joined a resistance twice. I think <laughs> so. He's flexible think, though. He's I like, yeah, Seth, you could not earn that's how the uniform. Real people are. Some people are just inflexible when it comes to the smallest things in life, and other people, and other times they're not. I mean, that's just that's how a true. person that's is. Not, that's not not true. My dad has very strong opinions about the you, you uh, the Tennessee Vols uniforms. <laughs> so like, you're you're not wrong yeah. there. I guess. And I, you know, but it, he's not like he's like you know you haven't earned the right to wear that yet. And then Nog is like. But come on, man, my dad got it for me. And Cisco's like, yeah, okay. He's not going to be a dick about it. And it's like, well. No, I know. Yeah, they don't. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, he doesn't go overboard. He doesn't rip it, it off it. his body in the middle of the bar. <laughs> yeah, you just don't deserve that. God damn it, take that off. Yeah. <laughs> Men have died for that. <laughs> for the privilege right. of wearing that. And then, yeah. then Nog wanders over to the bar and, and he's like, okay, Nog. Quirk is like, all right, fine. What do you, what do you want? And he's like, I want a root beer. It's a drink that they have at the academy. And mm. I mean, Quark doesn't like that. And he's like, oh, root beer. That's the end of Ferengi civilization. He ain't wrong. <laughs> and that sounds <laughs> all I'm saying. Ginger Brill and Spruce Beer. Yeah, just just there's, there's a put a pin in root beer. That's all I got to say yeah, about that. Yeah, it's kind of weird to think that they still drink uh, soda in the future because we barely drink sodas now. Yeah, yeah. They've had centuries of fads to come in and out of fashion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, like... <laughs> Coca-Cola really classic. Yeah, right. All told, this is a fine episode, and it'll probably even make my white album. It'll but... probably make it. Just even even if I didn't like the structure of how they did the Dax story, it checks yeah, boxes. It's... It it progresses. You know, every Dax episode has has been really dealing about how she feels about Curzon. I, I will say that this ep- nothing about this episode bothered me. Nothing about it really. Like like. 
like got me excited. Yeah, some of I it. I have but, to admit that my enthusiasm for this episode is mostly fr- comes like stems from relief because whenever I saw, <laughs> I, whenever I saw that we what we were gonna watch, I was like, I was like, oh, I mean, I put this. I I never I don't put off watching the show for the podcast off. I don't put it off in general. But this one, I, I mm-hmm. put this fucker off to the last minute. And because <laughs> I'm serious, and I watched it this afternoon, I don't usually, I usually try, I try to give them like two two passes, like a casual watch and then a hard yeah. watch. That's yeah. what I and do. this one, I just like, fuck, I cannot watch them do the silly ass voices <laughs> for, for 40 minutes. And then I, because I hadn't seen it in a couple of years, and I was like, oh, this isn't. This is directly proportionate to their skill level. You know, they'll let Odo <laughs> run around the longest in a funny voice, and they have, yeah. you know, Bashir doing the shorter ones, and then they <laughs> leave you wanting more with Armin Shimmerman. You know, he gets in and out pretty quick, but it kind of, like, leaves you wanting more. So, you know, I think that you – I probably feel – I have the similar complaints as you guys do about it, but I'm just more relieved than anything. Don't disagree. You guys want to see what the rest of the IMDb Star Trek community think of this episode? It's going to hinge on what they think of Dax, I feel like. Yeah, I'm going to go uh, 7.4. Oh, uh, I'm going to go 7. All right, well, we have 614 votes, which is pretty high. Uh, yeah, that's pretty high. And it's a 7.1. Okay. So, I mean, I think that for as many votes, that's kind of a low score for as many votes. Yeah. That means I mean, that some people yeah. voted to give it a low score. I usually end <laughs> up aiming high is what I'm learning here. And that checks out because I didn't, I wouldn't have given it a 7.4, but. I guess we should say for the podcast that we found out that Plankton Rules is a man. We've done online research and found <laughs> we, that, yeah. that Plankton Rules is definitely a man. Uh, so, Plankton uh, Rules gives this one nine stars. And I, I, you know, my enthusiasm for Plankton Rules is diminished really quite a bit. So I think Plankton Rules. Because you found out he's a cultural conservative. Yeah. So yeah. Plankton Rules. He's married to a published writer though. Plankton Rules uh, in my imagination was much more interesting than than real life so i hope he's <laughs> listening by now and maybe he's called in never by the never, time meet, we never meet your heroes fellas <laughs> <laughs> all right so all right like i met jet Biddy and he was an asshole <laughs> we uh all right is it time for priority uh, next week wait i guess we should say that this is the last episode with oh, uh penultimate this is the last episode with Commander Cisco in it. James, you just spoiled the Netflix description of the next episode. <laughs> the first line of the Netflix description. Yes, uh, yeah, like like it turns out that the only thing that was holding Cisco's career back was a goatee. Because they got right. that, he was like, like "Oh man, man look at that guy looks sharp. He needs a, he needs another pip." Yeah. It literally, it literally is the first line of the episode of next week's episode. But we will unpack next week Cisco's uh, imminent promotion. Yeah, the end of the season. We're we're gonna have. Yeah, we yeah. need to get our white albums moving. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's true too. Uh, I mean, but the major plot of the episode is that uh, they have an infiltrator in one of the higher higher rankings of the major alien races. So. Oh, it's a good one. Oh, it's a it's a very pivotal episode. <laughs> yes, very much an important episode in the mythos of of the the Deep Space Nine larger story. Yes. Uh, so and it's the season finale. Right, so right. It would be. Yeah, it would be normally. All right. All right. On to priority transmission for the Great Link. So now that you know, you can see that it's best for both of us that I stay here in this body. Why? Because you loved me? Because I still love you. 
I continue to exist as part of you. Okay. Wade, right. what else is on the docket all today? Right. All right. Well, yeah, let's power through this. We got, um, all right. Yeah, we got one here from Kristen from Toronto again. Oh, yay. All right. Hey, all right. Yeah. And yeah, we'll she's just. She's talking about how the first season of Babylon 5 is on <laughs> Yeah, she's, she's going to tell us all about her <laughs> Babylon 5 feelings. Uh, yeah. Hey, guys. It's Kristen from Toronto again. Um, I emailed you a lengthy message with my uh, feelings on why Star Trek is bad at romance, but perhaps you were right in not playing that one. He did play um, it. I just wanted to add my opinion and an observation on the um, Explorers episode. Um, I, I love that episode of, of Deep Space Nine, um, but there is a moment where Cisco uses like a sextant to do something, and um, I'm no expert on these matters, but I'm pretty sure a sextant requires a horizon in order for you to use it. So using a sextant in space seemed to kind of jump the shark for me um but it's super improbable and yeah the cgi is terrible and fireworks what the fuck but it's a cute episode and i think jake and cisco are really sweet together and i kind of i don't know i like cisco as the kind of crazy tinkerer guy building the ship i thought it was nice um anyway peldor joy assholes good night (laughs) <laughs> now that is a sign off yeah nice work Kristen from toronto yeah oh uh, i thought we played her she did well about you know, it. i think that this well, came out at, we played it like yeah there's some lag times and what you know okay mm-hmm. well we got you we got you we got we, your back. we thought not, we thought it was up. so good that we we talked about it for a little while didn't we? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> right yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, just because you haven't heard it yet doesn't mean we haven't addressed it. I guess that's what yes, I'm saying. Yes, yes, she is right. The 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 sextant, sextant <laughs> measures the distance between an astronomical object and the horizon. Yeah, that's a, that's, that's a great so, angry nerd corner segment there <laughs> yes. from Kristen. Um, yeah, but, there should be some sort of award. But for he that. was using a Bajoran space sextant, <laughs> so I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It had it had cranial ridges. Yeah. It had ridges <laughs> on its on, along the curve. It of measures it. the uh, the distance between an astronomical object and the prophets. <laughs> it's got a little yeah uh, yeah. I don't know. Okay, I got no idea how it looks. But he held he holds like an actual sextant, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah he does. Like a classic, yeah. like. Yeah, on the that is the, the that might be the dumbest thing that happened this season. Yeah. I didn't even realize. Yeah, like that. when she pointed that out, like, oh, she's right. Yeah. I remember that. Like, yep. they were going hard into the paint with the sailing. Yes, yeah. Yeah. so hard that they decided to bring out old timey nautical stuff yes. that wouldn't work at all. In space. I believe that's. I believe funny. a sextant is the image for uh, Ballast Point Brewery, which is like the best beer in America, brewery in America, or best distributed beer in America. So, uh, oh, um, I know Bellis. I, well, oh, sorry. Oh, let's, let's get our social justice warrior corner on. Uh, I, I remember hearing a thing like about how they're Trump supporters and you shouldn't buy them or something. Bellis Point? Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Well, I could, I, I could be wrong. But no, and, I get what you're saying. And yeah. guilty of libel right now. I'm not sure. But I, okay. Let me, I got to get to the bottom of that. <laughs> Allegedly. But we can't do that at this point, at this juncture. We need to go yeah, on. Yeah, keep the going. Next keep going. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. Thanks again for the call, Kristen. Uh, all right. Uh, we have this one here. Transcription not available. So let's figure out just exactly what this is. Hey, y'all. Uh, Jeffrey from Charleston. Uh, chiming in about Explorers. Um, one thought and one criticism. Um, 
you'd mentioned that, you know, Cisco doesn't really go after um, any tail by himself, which is true. I think when he does it and crossover and then with that crazy woman, uh, it's just, it, it's one of those things where I think he, he knows that there's a reset button at the end of the episode, but um I don't necessarily see a problem with, with Jake doing it. I think that's like, you know, a teenage kid just saying, man, I got to get dad out of the house every once in a while. And, uh, <laughs> you know, obviously that ends up working out pretty well. But um, the, the criticism I have is between Dr. Bashir and Dr. Lentz. It is unfathomable to think that in three years of Starfleet Medical, the two smartest people in the entire program would not have crossed paths. I mean, it just, it, it makes no sense. It makes no sense when she says, Oh, I thought you were Andorian. So you're saying that you didn't have a lab together. You didn't have a class together. Like, were you guys just on opposite ends of the building in separate cages? I don't know how Starfleet Medical works, but I don't think it works like that. Anyway, that's my uh, biggest beef with the episode, but I tend to agree with you. I do like the episode a lot. B plot, not great, but the, uh, the A plot unravels a lot and, uh, sets the stage for a lot of other good things to come. Uh, again, I think y'all are doing a great job. Have a good one. Bye-bye. That, that was something that I thought was, I was like, don't you guys go to like dinners and shit? There's all kinds of like high level, like if you're the two best students in the academy, like you get right paraded, Did, paraded around together. You get, they want to foster competition between the two of you. So, right. I guess Bashir knew exactly who she was, but I guess that's how far beneath you know, her notice yeah. he actually was. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Did, that is that is a that is a that is a yeah, weakness. Valedictorian doesn't give a speech or they both don't. I don't know. And the, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's what I yeah, they both it, it, I fuck it. I don't know. Yeah. They, I, I, it was a it was a half baked I thought it was a back half baked sort of thing. One of the worst B plots of so. all Star Trek. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I don't I don't want to relitigate this. Oh, <laughs> like it was a, oh, a, yeah. It was like it was have, yeah. it was like Star Trek Nemesis was a B plot in the You have you have the ability to tell stories about all sorts of different races and cultures and you're gonna go I liked it. It's just a. It was. It was right. a gossip. It was. It was an internal gossip on the station B plot, which I like. Those. That's fun. Everybody knows everybody's business. Yes, the logistics of Starfleet Medical are are a little bit wonky. I will concede that much. Okay. <laughs> Got another email here from Franklin, with the title "Deep into Anal." <laughs> Uh, I guess that's a reference to a uh, malapropism that you had in, at some point in the episode. What did I say? The, the, something about the annals of Star the annals of Star Trek. <laughs> the annals of Star Trek. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, please explain to James that this isn't Deep Space Nine O Two One O. I don't think I've heard anyone else say what Star Trek doesn't need is more awkward inner character drama. <laughs> Now to enter Bashir Corner. I think we may not be getting it, mostly. Bashir seems arrogant, smart, a ladies' man, but we never see that. We see him be average at his job, awkward with women, and even a little bit creepy. And that's why we unconsciously like him. We relate to that. <laughs> Probably not really what the writers were going for, though. Uh, okay. Uh, oh, and here's Explorer's note, I think. 
Nudity isn't sexual unless we make it that way. Anyone with kids will know how hard it is to keep clothes on them. We have to teach them to wear clothes. There's nudists that like it and don't consider it sexual. Go some places and women go topless on the beach. But in the U.S., a topless woman is totally sexual. I'll stop here as it's getting long. Move along home and fuck Michael Vick. Franklin from Jax. <laughs> um, that's weird. Okay. No, uh, maybe. Okay. I'll give you that point, but I do still think that, like, he was put... I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't... I don't think you know. <laughs> so what you're saying no, is know. that you don't know? Oh, you do know. <laughs> I, I'm trying to... Th- no, I mean, I think that he's... No, I don't know. He's making a point that's valid. But I do think that, like, but, he was sticking his head near his mom's naked genitals. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, that, I can't imagine that. I may, Maybe it's a limit of my imagination, and maybe I'm but horribly I, conservative. I would see that, wait, wait, the point <laughs> is that they played it for laughs. They played the, the awkward sexualness of it for laughs. It was for yucks. It wasn't like a genuine tender moment that we sexualized. It was a... Well, like I think the argument Se- that he's making it's not there's just it's not sexual, man. <laughs> it's, it's, All right. it's his mom and well, yeah. They're they're aliens. Uh, okay, okay. I'm not making that it's overtly sexual. Like I don't think that Right, right. Okay, let me be clear. I don't think that Rom got a boner from that. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. I don't think it was sexual. I'm saying that I Yeah, and you're not a prude. I'll give you that. I will say that much for you, James. Really uh, yeah. Yeah, it's just really uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. Like and I don't like my kids run around naked all the time. That's fine. Like there's, it's weird. It, 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 but your parents and post post puberty, it's all kind of weird, right? <laughs> and and well, like maybe not breasts, but like. Well, yeah, but it's that's all about the social mores and things set up by the society we live in. And Frankie culture's different. Uh, it's weird though. It's weird. It's weird. <laughs> it's weird. That's all I'm saying. All right, <laughs> we can all agree it it is weird. Uh, it's weird. <laughs> all right, and that's where we're gonna leave it this week. It's it's weird, man. I don't know. Um, yeah. Anyways, give us a call at nine one seven four zero eight three eight nine eight. Do all the things all the other podcasts want you to do uh let us know we love hearing from you we can't keep this going without you and yes all that other stuff and all right. uh we're getting out of here how do all we, right yeah the end. <laughs> thanks again out. for listening we'll see you next week three to beam out do you know the cunt weasels that run this show have a call in line where you can express your DS9 wishes and DS9 dreams into their ear holes they will play them on air and try to be nice to you because one day they hope to sell you Blue Apron snacks and underwear made out of Modal. The number is 917-408-3898. That number again is 917-408-3898. You will probably want to talk about how hot Dax and Bashir are. That is great. These pretentious asses also love it when people say they are wrong. So feel free to do that. James will probably go off on a knowingly obtuse rant about construction issues or political sophistication. We know you love that. Again, 917-408-3898. Did you know that some Deep Space Nine podcasts have more reviews than us on iTunes?
Doesn't that piss you off? Please review us on iTunes. We need to feel loved sometimes.